can you survive or can you thrive in an environment without all of this high-tech stuff? And that's that's the big question. Oh, that's what we're going to get to. This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we look at what is changing in the pest control industry, and we take you to the front lines to those that are driving those changes. As always, I'm Donnie Kelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which has Triangle Pest as well as Triangle Lawn. And with me, with me, is my compadre in arms, um, Mr. Dan Gordon. Dan, would you like to say good morning? We are recording this in the morning and introduce our superb guest and our amazing topic. So our superb guests are Donnie and I. Yeah, <laughs> but the topic is really interesting. It's a it's a topic that uh, a lot of people have asked about. I know our, our clients are totally interested in it and have been for the last several years, and it's kind of evolved. So uh, let me just read two sentences that I wrote to you know kick us off with information coming at at us from every direction. Many times it's difficult to digest it all and use it to grow our business. Much of this information comes from software that's becoming more and more sophisticated, okay? The trend in financial and operational software is to get the user as much usable information based on large amount of data or large amount of data in order to help us track progress and make decisions. So the topic we're gonna talk about are dashboards and dashboard reporting. Obviously there's some software that provides some dashboards, uh, there's, uh, you know, uh, the information you're going to pull are from multiple sources. So sometimes you have to put your own dashboards together. But um, that is our topic, uh, dashboard reporting. And um, it's uh, it's a terrific way to run your business if you, 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 you know, um, are looking to uh, build your business, get information quickly. So there we have it. So let's go. All right. So for our audience. If you're wondering if if Dan is getting older, I can just can confirm that he has one job at the beginning of these at these beginnings of podcasts. Which, by the way, Dan, you did a fabulous job of setting up our topic. However, you missed two important things. Number one is we got to acknowledge our sponsor. We are sponsored as a podcast, wow. so this episode is sponsored by Colmarch by Workway. You can learn more about Colmarch at colmarch.com. And number two, you know, we always got to put our hand out. <laughs> So, right. so if you like the podcast, please rate and review us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. However it is that you consume the podcast, we do appreciate it. We do read them. Um, every now and then we get what I call fan mail. And by fan mail, I'm not being sarcastic at all, but it's pretty rare. But, you know, normally we do get a lot of positive feedback. And, hey, it helps our ego in the process. So we very much appreciate any kind of positive feedback we can get. So please rate and review the podcast. And with that, yes, Dan. You are correct. We are going to talk about dashboards, and I have a lot to say about this. And and if you've listened to the podcast any amount of time, um, you know that I'm not a very sharp guy. And so I'm going to actually tell a story. And this is going to be one of those stories that I don't know that I I really want to tell, but it's 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 a true story, unfortunately. <laughs> and I the learned cool a lot. Thing about it. this podcast is you get our practical knowledge of all the clients that we work with. And then you get Donnie in the ditches with Triangle to. Yes, to you do. You, you get all my mistakes. dirty laundry. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but before we do that, you know, Dan and I were talking about this episode yesterday. We were we were we were just kind of going through 
ways that we could take the podcast. And I was telling him about a quote that this all reminded me of, especially this journey. I'm getting ready to tell the story about how and where we're at with currently with dashboards. And uh, I had to go back because I, I knew the quote, but I didn't know who said it. And so the quote is this. It's for the simplicity on this side of complexity, I wouldn't give a fig, but for the simplicity on the other side of complexity, for that, I would give you anything I have. And so Oliver Wendell Holmes said that he's a former Supreme Court justice. And, uh, and, and it's an interesting quote. And the thing I like about that quote is, is that, you know, when you're running a business, it I would say 90% of the time is absolute chaos. There's just a lot happening. And I don't mean that in the sense of that you're, you know, dumpster fire. I'm just saying that, you know, in our business, we, you know, Dan has said this several times. I have said it several times. There's a, you know, our business is very, very simple, but there's just, when you look at the scale and how many different things are happening, it is absolute chaos. And so, you know, the idea that, you know, hey, I just want to get this very, very simple. Well, it's not simple, but you can't get lost in the complexity. And that quote talks about, you know, understanding all the complexities and still pulling it back to simplicity. And that, that I don't think, you know, dashboards could not be a better example of that. But, but before we get into that, I want to tell a story. And this, this is the story that then I just, I'm going to just love telling because it's so littered with stupid decisions <laughs> that I made. <laughs> yes. So, so here we go. Here we go. So, um, you know, Triangle was started back in 2006. I started it in my garage. Our our cages, you know, when I say cages, and, and if you're looking on YouTube, you can see I'm using my air quotes here. Our cages back then was our trucks. I didn't have a cage. You know, every, everything got stored in the truck. I bought two Nissan trucks, and we operated out of my garage. Uh, I had my daughter who was a newborn. I had another daughter that was two. Well, I guess Caroline was three back then. Um and we started, have you ever heard of RDF software called SPCS? I did, yeah. As a matter yeah. of fact, sometimes when we take on new clients and we're trying to, <laughs> I, I'm sure in its day it was a it was a moment. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I remember, you know, I knew nothing about this industry and I'm asking questions and everyone's like, yeah, you know, this SPCS, you know, it's it's good software and it's cheap. And, and they were correct. It is good software. I'm not pushing this software. I'm not recommending that you do it. But that's what we started on. I'll never forget. And we were on that software for probably about, mm, I'd say maybe three months. And I realized pretty quickly that it was not going to work for us. I was having issues. Again, my background is computer science. It wasn't on the web at the time. I don't know where that software is at today. I just remember that was our first foray into CRMs. Now, I'm not going to name names as part of this process because I don't want to I don't want to advocate for any particular CRM and I'm not trying to put down any particular CRM. And 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 the fact of the matter is, is it doesn't really matter which CRM I'm talking about. It's about the journey. So, so from SPCS, this is back in 2006, I started. Let me ask you a journey. question first. So SPS was, you, you bought this, uh, uh, yeah, pest control company from a guy, and it was real tiny. Was he using that, or you decided? Oh no, 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 no! Only thing he had was everything was in his brain. Oh, okay, <laughs> was, there was nothing. Okay. <laughs> like, we, we, was like we occasionally bring on people who are on this software, and they're usually people who are well, kind of old and 
probably don't get oh, yeah. it. No, it, it. And, and I don't mean to bash it. And it's that it was a well, terrific program. I'm yeah, sure. I got no access to Grind. And if you use an SPCS, I'm sure it's fine software. Just for us at the time, which amount we were growing and kind of my expectations in software. Again, you got to remember, I had just come from writing web-enabled software. I'm like, I needed something different. So, so I, may, I make this decision. I decide that I'm going to convert what we had sold. I didn't have the money to do a conversion. So I manually one weekend sat through and, and myself transferred every single customer into, we're going to call this large CRM number one. And that's what we did. And we stayed on large CRM number one for many, many, many years. Uh, that was our CRM um, through our high growth years. Um, you know, and, and let me just tell you how this goes, because this is something that I wait, hear. wait, wait, large CRM is not SPS, right? You move it's it. not it. Yeah, okay, this, so, this is okay. conversion yes. into. So, yep. so we transition, we go to CRM number one, large CRM number one. And, you know, again, it, and it worked, right? I mean, at the end of the day, we, you know, for what we needed it to do. And, you know, I will tell you that a lot of our meetings started with CRM, blah, sucks, right? We would talk about how it doesn't do this and how it doesn't do that. And, and, and by the way, I never hear this when we go to conferences, right? I never hear people complain about their CRM, but you know, oh, the fact of the matter is their CRM at a yeah, different level. Of course. So and everyone thinks that you use, right? And the other one's better, right? right, right. <laughs> so the, yeah. that's where this story is going, by the way. So, so we, we do this and, and, you know, a lot of times, the CRM actually could do the thing that we wanted it to do. It's just, we didn't know how to use the freaking software or, you know, there was something else that we needed to add. And so, so it, it continued to escalate. I had uh, some really talented people on my team. We integrated other softwares where the CRM could not do that. And then eventually it got to be that I, we were pretty dialed in. We were really dialed in as a business with our CRM and it was working quite well. Well, it was working quite well. We didn't think it was working that great and that there was more to do. So fast forward a few years, more like a decade, we decide, hey, we're going to go into um, we're going to go into test. We may be adding a few more services. We don't really like the way CRM number one handles that. We're going to we're going to we're going to convert. You're to go, you're, you were going two. into long, not fast, right? You said fast. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say fast? Yes, we were going into long. Yeah, so we're now going to do pest and lawn. We're going to do multi-service. And you know what? CRM number one is not very good at that. So we're going to go with a CRM that that can handle multi-service, that can do all these different things. And, and so we went, and Dan, you were actually with me when I did this. Uh, we went to go see a, uh, a very successful person who does multi-service. And we looked at their software and I was completely blown away, completely blown away. And it's like, Oh my gosh, we got to do this. We, we, look how much more advanced this is. Look how much better this is. Which, by the way, some would call this grass is greener on the other side. Um, and the one thing I did not realize when I went and looked at this very successful person is that there were a lot of customizations that had been done for his particular business. So, so we do. In addition to him having a staff. Of IT professionals. That's correct. Who are maintaining it daily. That's correct. That's correct. So with a little bit of hubris and a lot of ego, off we go. <laughs> we decide to cancel CRM number one and go to CRM number two. We get to CRM number two and immediately realize, oh gosh, 
we are in trouble. Not because the software didn't handle uh, customers very well, because it did. Not because the software didn't handle scheduling very well, because it did. But we had a massive, and I do mean a massive hole in reporting. We could not see what the hell is going on. And it was very difficult for us to get basic data of what was happening in the business. By the way, on CR number one, we had all this dialed in and we really took it for granted. So we run on that software for mm, about a year and a half. And we decide, well, you know, we want to use door teams. And all door teams use a CRM number three. They don't use CRM number one or CRM number two. So let's do another conversion and let's go to CRM number three so that we can be set up to, so that we can use these door teams. And so we did. We, we converted and went to CRM number three. By the way, if you've ever done a CRM conversion, you would probably, be, you would probably feel better after jumping off of a cliff a 50 foot cliff than you would on the backside of one of these conversions. They are just awful. I have not done one yet that I thought, no, you know, that was nice and smooth. <laughs> so I've done, I've done four of them now, unfortunately. So we decide, you know what, CR number two, we, 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 we do want to do this multi-service thing, but CR number two has a big gap in reporting. We need to be set up to handle the door teams. We can't use CR number two. None of the door teams are using CR number two. And quite frankly, not many of them are using CRM number one. Let's go to CRM number three because that's what everyone's using. So that's what we do. We go to CRM number three and we have the same issues. It's pretty good for customers. It's pretty good on the doors. It is just not very good in reporting. And we realized very quickly, we at this point, we decide, okay, we can't depend on CRM number three for good data let's go and build a data warehouse. Explain <laughs> what a data warehouse is. Oh my gosh. Because so everybody I know who's sunk money into this big black hole, I don't know anybody who really thinks that it's a great idea. I think it's a fantastic a idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's a fantastic idea, idea if, if you have a software team and you have the money to pull this back. So we, we are on CRM number three, and it is working on the doors, and it is scheduling, and it is invoicing. It's not great, but we still have this massive gap in reporting. So we hire a company, and we decide to create a data warehouse, which is where basically it's one big database. You can import in all kinds of different data sources and then create your own reporting platform on top of that. So why, why, so, would, why would somebody use a data warehouse? Because they're using multiple... That's right. Using multiple data sources, it's your data. You can slice and dice however you want. There's no limitations yep. in terms of APIs. There's no limitations in terms of, um, you know, it, it, how much you can access the data. It's your data at that point. It's sitting in your data warehouse. So we do that, and epic fail, like legit epic fail. We got maybe three or four reports out of that. Half the time, it's like there's refresh rates. There's how many times can we hit the API? We're hitting the API too much. Oh, this part didn't refresh. I mean, it was just one problem after another. By the way, I'm not telling, you know, when I say this, I don't, I don't want to discourage anyone. You know, not all of this would be the vendor's problem, right? Some of these were our problems, like we didn't have something set up or configured properly. But at the end of the day, it was a huge distraction for our leadership team. And I never really got the kind of data that I needed in order to run the business anyway. And at this time, when we went through, you know, conversion two and conversion three, 
I was not part of the business at the time. I was running coal march. I was not. I was not actively running day to day operations. And I did, and that's not a function of like if I'd have been there. I don't mean it that way at all. I'm just making the point that I was not actively involved in the business. Fast forward. Now I'm sitting back in the seat at Triangle, and I am actively running the business. And I realize how devastating this process was to the business. And I'm not talking about just in data. You know, number one is, is that our, our culture had taken a huge turn to the South. And what I mean by that, in the lack of data, what happens to accountability? You know, in the lack of data, you know, what happens to excellence? Like just things that I did not anticipate that were kind of like really key parts of what built our company. I mean, they all took a big hit. And the other thing is, is that no one knew what the hell was going on. Like, you know, we didn't have the the kind of reporting that really dialed us into what was truly happening in the business and where all the chaos was going. And so pretty early on, when I got back into the seat, I realized this and I'm like, you know, I understand that we can do multi-service. I understand that it's nice to be lined up for the door teams, but if I can't understand ultimately what's happening in reporting and I don't know what's going on with the business. If I can't take all of this chaos and, and simplify it down into something that I can comprehend and take action on, it, it's not doing me any good. So then I make the most popular decision of all, and I am being a little sarcastic when I say that, we're going back to CRM number one. <laughs> so 360, lots 360. of 360. By the way, lots, you spent lots a lot of money. money. I have uh, a client, uh, client slash friend who did what you did with the data warehouse, probably spent five times what you spent, like we're talking mm-hmm. seven digits, mm-hmm. and realized that, oh my gosh, this, what a waste of money. And it's, listen, if you're a big company and you want to hire one of these fancy consulting firms to, to set it up and, and, get it right, you can. But remember, we're in a very simple business. It's not easy to execute, but it's a very simple business. And so all of this data, you know, and 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 one of the interesting things is, you know, you know, can you survive or can you thrive in an environment without all of this high tech stuff? And that's that's the big question. Oh, that's what we're going to get to. Absolutely. Yeah. So so yeah. long story short, and when I say, by the way, I was very nervous about making this decision about going back to CRM number one. I knew what it was going to be in terms of effort. I knew what it was going to be in terms of money. And it's hard, you know, when you kind of go down a road and you realize you really effed up, it's hard to kind of like say to yourself, well, I really effed up. We got to change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I have a company meeting and I get in front of it. This is like my second week, maybe third week of being back in the seat at Triangle. And I owned it. I'm like, look, guys, and I mean the entire company. I'm like, look, we effed up, and as a leadership team, we, we, you know, we didn't, we didn't make these decisions just based on, well, it doesn't do this little thing. We made these decisions based on strategic changes in the business in terms of multi-service and using door teams and those types of things. But ultimately, we should have done more due diligence. We should have done these conversions way better than what we've done, and we're going to go back to CRM number one. I thought for sure when I announced this that half my staff was going to leave because they were so tired of going through conversions and so tired of all the problems and issues. It literally like the entire company just like roared in applause. Like everyone's like, my gosh, thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and I was really shocked by that. I thought, oh my. So, so long story short, 
Now we are back on CRM number one. We're not completely through the conversion. It has been one big pain and you know what, but we are much better. And, and here's the interesting part, talking about full circle. I have, back in the day, I abhorred Google spreadsheets, meaning that none of our reporting should be on spreadsheets. You know, none of our reporting, it, everything should be generated from the software. Everything should be like automated. Everything should be this. Well, I will tell you as of Tuesday, we're recording this on Tuesday, by the way, Tuesday, February 28th, Triangle Home Services is ran on Google spreadsheets in terms of dashboards. Now, that's yeah. not where all the data has come from. And I'm not scheduling on Google Sheets. And I don't want to, I mean, I want to make sure people understand what I'm saying, but I have got a handle back on the chaos. I have pulled it back to simplify all the crazy things that are happening in the business. And I've got a few key stats now that I look at and believe it or not, they're on Google Sheets. And what's funny is, and I say funny, like funny, like, you know, drilling screws through my toenails. I am back where I was about 10 years ago. And, and this has been one hell of a journey. And I don't want to call it all the waste of time because, you know, I learned a lot along the way, but but outside of someone putting a gun to my head, I will never change CRMs again. It's just yes. not they, what it what it takes to pull it off. You know, you said something interesting about um, you want to hit a button and get everything out of one system. And uh, I get caught. You know, we do accounting work, and one of the one of the processes that we do is we take the information from the CRM revenue accounts receivable payments and bring it into QuickBooks and. Um, we always have people say, well, can you integrate CRM one or two or three or whatever CRM into QuickBooks? And I say, well, why do you want to do that? And it's even more interesting because those companies, CRM one, two, three, and four, have all contacted us to have us help them do that because they think that this is so important. But at the end of the day, our process, and we've got hundreds of clients, we do it by hand because it doesn't take very long. And what I can do, so basically what I do is I get information from the CRM, put it into a journal entry, and then stick it into QuickBooks. It takes mm -hmm. just a few minutes to do that. What it allows me to do is create a toll booth or a gate from one piece of software to another. So if there's garbage, you know, in CRM and I bring it into QuickBooks, then QuickBooks is garbage. And I just don't see, and call me old fashioned, but I don't see a need to have that one click of a button and make the whole world, you know, uh, uh, you know, run. I think that you need this, this stopping point so that you can look and do a sanity check and say, do these numbers look right? and then bring it into QuickBooks. So it's kind of interesting. And it's funny because the CRM companies want to do this real bad. I'm not sure why, but uh, that, you know. Well, I mean, ultimately, there, you know, this, and this is for our audience. If I'm sitting back and I'm listening to my doofus story here, by the way, and I'm, and I'm sitting in your seat, there's a couple of things I would, I would caution you on. Okay. So, so the first thing is, is that when you look at your current CRM, by the way, CRM one, two, and three are all fantastic CRMs. They all have their pluses and they all have their minuses. Be very wary before you start deciding that the grass is green on the other side, because I promise you, having done now four conversions, um, you know, with with four different CRMs, I promise you, it is not as good as you're being told. It's not, and 
the other thing I promise you is your only thing you're going to do is you're going to trade one set of problems for another. Where some CRM is, you know, good at this sec at this part of the business, another one's not going to be that great. The, the second cautionary tale I would tell you is don't become a CRM jockey. Sometimes people believe that CRM is the solution. And we, we've talked about this in the past. It's not. It's all about processes first, and then software supports that. It's not the other way around. You know, your business, software supports your business. Your business doesn't support the software. Sometimes people look at software as like, this is my process. That's not necessarily the case. And so the so cautionary number two is that, you know, run your business first. Don't become a CRM jockey. Don't become a software developer. Don't get it so far into this because it's very easy and it's very easy for it to become a distraction. And so, you know, and an keep expensive the picture. distraction. <laughs> I, it makes me sick to my stomach when I think about how many man hours, how many, you know, in terms of pricing, in terms of the conversion, you just how much money we have spent. And I am no kidding in the same spot I was 10 years ago. So, except, except I've spent a boatload of money. <laughs> <laughs> so now, when we get our information, so we use our CRMs. And by the way, CRM number one, two, and three are all the ones you know. It's Pest yeah. Packs or Sweet, Real Green, uh, Field Routes. It's it's all the, 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 you know, yeah, all right? Them. Evolve. Yeah. They're, they're, they're all great pieces of software, right? And so when you, you're, you're able to extract the data and you're able to extract data from QuickBooks, and maybe you might be using some other softwares to do different things, you know, some people use Salesforce and things like that. And so what you want to do is you want to create these simple dashboards and maybe the programs that we're using or these CRMs and QuickBooks and whatnot have dashboards and they do, but, you know, what is, I like to think of the one minute manager, right? What reports can I look at and I can get a good snapshot of the business, so what's the purpose of a dashboard? And, and you can export it and use, as Donnie said, Google Sheets or Excel or Clipfolio or any of these to create the dashboards. Don't let it consume your life, right? But, you know, what is a dashboard? So a dashboard organizes the key statistics that's uh, produced by a business into a summary report for leadership to assess the results of their efforts. That's why you do a dashboard. You don't do a dashboard because it's cool. Right. And unfortunately, well, a, lot, a lot of people think that I got to do a dashboard because I've heard other people doing dashboards. Well, the thing to keep in mind is as a leader and as an owner, you know, your job is to drive the business. And it's very easy to confuse activity with progress. And so mm -hmm. sometimes people think that by dressing up dashboards, dressing up reports, getting the data, understanding all the data that they're that they're doing work, that, that's activity. Right. You have to view a dashboard as a means of giving you data to continue for you to make really good decisions, not your, you know, you know, again, we, I call them CRM jockeys. Dan, you and I both are very aware of two people that were owners that did not grow their businesses because they were so busy and trying to make software work. And, and both of which you have heard me dress down in meetings because they were doing that. Um, yeah. You know, it's just so easy to, for this to become a distraction. But, but but remember, a dashboard is there to help you make decisions and to go further. It's not the point of your business. So, And those dashboards can be colorful meters. They can be graphs. They can be all these different things. But I'll tell you, if you just go back to before things got real sophisticated, the original dashboard that I like to reference is a baseball box score, right? You have a team 
right? And you can track your progress inning by inning, how many runs you score, who the players are, what their stats are, right? And when you used to look at a baseball box score, there's no graphs and, and whatnot, but that, gra that, that box score, if you look at game after game, you can tell how your team is doing individually, how your team is doing as a group, and if you're winning and, and, you know, in baseball, what place you're in and whatnot. And that is a perfect dashboard. So now you want to use the same concept. How's my team doing? How's my business doing? How am I doing compared to the rest of the industry? And those are the things that you can get from a, a, a dashboard. And, and it, it, you know, once you get that information, then you can use it to make decisions. So in, in going back to the baseball analogy, maybe there's a guy who, you know, is in a batting slump and I can look at my dashboard. I can see that and I can insert another player and sit him. Right. So that's well, kind of what you're. Uh, so let's, let's spend a little bit of time talking about what goes on this box score. I'm going to walk through real briefly my dashboards. And I'm not telling you this, by the way, this is not a definitive list. This is not a what what you should do. I'm just I'm only providing an example of things that I look at and this box score. You know, Triangle is not a, a very large business, but we're not a small business either. You know, I mean we're we're in the eight-digit mark. You know, we're I would say we're nowhere near where we're gonna be. But, but we're not back in the old days where, you know, we're sitting at a million or lower or even, you know, five million or lower. We're, we're a much bigger company than that. But I will tell you, here are the are the dashboards that I look at. These are the ones that we built out um, in Google Google Sheets. And again, you can do it however you want. I'm not telling you you need to do this. But, but the number one thing I look at is I call it a value summary uh, dashboard. A value summary is, is fundamentally as a business owner, your job is to create value. If you don't fundamentally create value for customers and create value for your team, you're effing up and you're not going to make it long-term. And so I look at that. That's my number one report I look at. And, and by value summary, I mean, I look at our customer service scores and I look, at our, I look at our team engagement scores. I look at that report weekly. Customer service is weekly. Team engagement, we do quarterly. So that number doesn't move as much, but that's number one is I, I want to know for certain that the business is creating value where it needs to be creating value. Because if I'm doing that well, all the other areas of the business are going to grow and be just fine. You know, but, but if I start seeing that to me is a very good preemptive number to look at, because if I start seeing our customer service scores go down, I start seeing our engagement surveys go down. I know I have a problem to fix and I'm eventually going to see it in all the other dashboards. So that's number one for me. Number two is I look at our marketing summary. It's called a marketing summary. And obviously, so, so number one is value. Are we doing value? Number two is how's our marketing doing? Are we creating the leads? How are we spending our money? How are we doing on budget? And you could almost think of this as like walking through your business. Now, this is how we organize this, how my brain thinks. I'm not telling you that this is what you need to do, but I start with value. Then I look at marketing. My third dashboard is my sales summary. So you can think of getting a lead. How well are we at selling our leads? And then number four, I look at our growth, our growth summary. So this is number of recurring units at, at Triangle. We're, you know, we're very, uh, by the way, we got our, obviously you heard the first story. We, we certainly have our issues, but I am all about residential recurring pest control and residential recurring termite mosquito. I am not about commercial work. 
I know there's companies out there that are very successful. I'm not recommending you do that. But but for me, when I talk about growth summary, I'm looking at recurring units. Like, you know, so there's, there's, am I adding value? How's my marketing doing? How are we converting? And is that turning into what I want it to turn into, which is recurring residential accounts, whether it be mosquito, termite, or pest. After that, I'm looking at our revenue. Is that turning into, you know, how's that turning into our dollars? And after that, I'm looking at production. So, so a field summary dashboard, then I look at production in our office, you know, I call it a field summary report. Then I look at our HR and that, you know, I've got two more that I look at after that. Um, you know, I look at like a financial summary, which is, again, I don't, I don't look at that one very often, but that's just looking at things like gross margin, those types of things. Now, those are a lot of dashboards, but they're very, very simple. But, but and, those financial ones are the high level ones. If they have a problem, then you drill into the other ones, right? So that's right. if your that's gross exactly margin right. is good, that's, you know, uh, you know, then, then all the other dashboards or all the other components are working. If you're, um, you know, in, in your financials summary, if, if your marketing cost is too high, well, then you got to look at the dashboard. Why is it, you know, that we're not delivering uh, leads? And the financial, amount and, you know. I was going to say, and the financial has things in there like collections too. You know what I mean? Like, how are we doing in our collections? I mean, it's not all, it is. By the way, it is margin and gross margin and, you know, how are we doing in SMA and how are we looking at M&A and those, those types of things. And, and so, so anyway, long story short, it's value, it's marketing, it's sales, it's growth, it's revenue. It's what are we doing in the field? What are we doing in the office? How are we doing with our people? And then how does that all flow out into our financials at the very end? And so, again, not telling you that's a definitive list. That's my dashboard. That's what I need in order to run the business. That's how I bring all the chaos of everything. Because like you said, it's a very simple business. There's just a lot going on. That's how I bring it into a place where I can actually make good decisions. Uh, if you and can when, believe that I'm capable when, of that. <laughs> when you design your dashboard, though, and and by the way, we, we also have some clients who hire, you know, uh, college kids and whatnot to uh, grab the data out of these uh uh, different programs and create the dashboards. And maybe that sounds inefficient, and maybe it is, but it, it seems to work because your CRMs, the, the, the power in those CRMs and in QuickBooks and whatnot is that they're flexible. The biggest weakness in those programs is that they're flexible, right? And mm -hmm. so nobody knows what to do. So you need to you know, think of it as your baseball team. I want to measure my players. I want to measure uh, the team itself. And I want to measure the team as it relates to the entire league. And then within that, as Donnie said, that's your marketing, that's your sales, that's your customer service. That's all of those items that you're looking at. I have one more thing that I have learned in the back of this process that I do want to share. I know we're getting close to our time here. Um, and, and, and maybe this is just a Donnie I'm not for sure, but, but with these box scores, dashboards, those types of things, um, I want to just warn our listeners, there is no, like, make it yours yeah. and be okay with that. Like, don't, yeah. don't assume that someone else has some magic stat that is going to, you know, and not to say that you shouldn't listen to other people, but I had an experience happen just this last time where I was being like on our leadership team. I'm like, okay, well, we need to have this and we need to have that. And if you, if you spend any time at Triangle, I have a, um, I have a, what I call an integrator, uh, Jesse. And, and one day he's like, Donnie, you just need to sit down and tell me exactly what you want. 
he goes, because we're, we're building these things. And cause I'd be like, yeah, that's kind of good. That's kind of, and finally I was like, you know what, you're right. And so I sat down and I made, I made the scorecards exactly the way I wanted to see them and what I wanted to see. And it has been, I mean, it has been life-changing. So I guess my point to our listeners is, is that, you know, make your scorecards, make your box scores yours, that what's important to you. Now, that doesn't mean I want you to focus on things that aren't really important, like how much product is each technician, you know, spraying at, you know, X number zip code. I mean, that, don't get me wrong, it's, it is important, but, you know, when you look at like, okay, that's five to 9% on your PL, you probably have better things to look at. But I'm only making the point that these, these dashboards should be yours with the goal of you running the business way more productive, way more efficient, um, and, you know, providing a better team and customer experience in the end. And, and if you can't do that, then you need to go back to the drawing board with your dashboards. And that's one of the reasons we're in Google Sheets, quite frankly, because we can make it say and look the way we want it to make it look and say. And it's not very, like you said, Dan, it's not super, super efficient. But at the end of the day, the purpose behind it is not efficiency. The purpose behind it is really good decision making and bringing all the chaos into something that enables us to grow the business and make really, really good decisions. It's it's really important to keep that vision in mind because it's very easy to get lost. So, and, and there's nothing wrong with the colorful dashboards and the, and the nope. meters and everything. But first, get your data right. Like we have a report that we look at. It. It's a flash report every Monday morning. And it's an Excel sheet. And it's in chart form. And I, you know, that's how I'm oriented is, is numbers. I, I could care less about graphs or or uh, meters, but other people are visual. You know, they want to see that and that's fine. However you want to learn, but you definitely, uh, you know, some people create these dashboards just because they're cool looking. That should not be the, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, and, 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 and by the way, I what are you doing with the information? I would say, Dan, you're probably weird in that regard because I think most owners are visual. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that's just I'm that that's, way. That's, that's yeah, the, exactly. I mean, I like me, to look at like, numbers. And I hate looking at numbers. Yeah, to me, I look yeah. at I I can look at a graph, and in thirty seconds, I can pretty much tell you exactly what's happening. But I'm a visual guy, right? And and the majority of folks that I know their business with, that's what they do. But you're right. I mean, I've got like Jess, who's on my team. He's all about the tab data. He he loves looking at numbers. Well, the, the data is cool because you can in your mind, you can pull a number and create ratios quickly in your mind, like, okay, what's my right. favorite percentage, what, you know, and, and ha- what happens. And, uh, but some people don't, you know, react to that. Some people react to the meters and however you want to learn. It's it's interesting because if you have ever looked at a PCO bookkeepers, uh, you know, our month end report, we provide a PL like a normal PL, but we also uh, provide a, a box and within the box, you have the box is your revenue, and then half the box is your gross margin, and the other half of the box is your net margin. And we do that because people had asked us long back, and we've developed it. We've got people on our staff who who, who continue to improve it. But it's a pretty cool looking thing, but it doesn't do anything for me. I'd rather just look at the P&L, you know, the numbers yeah. stacked up. So. so if I had to summarize this episode... I would just say this, you know, when it comes to dashboards, you know, number one, be very, I told that story about simplicity and complexity. And I also told a story about, you know, changing CRMs and kind of what that did to the business. And really, truly, one of the main reasons that we switched, we, we went on that journey and we ended up where we, where we started 
is because I could not get the data that I wanted out of the CRM. Like I could not see, I could not get to a place where, you know, these, these dashboards I just rattled off, I couldn't get the data. And that was a big problem. And so, you know, for, for me, I would say, number one is that make sure you can get to your data. Number two, keep it simple. It's okay, right? You, you know, don't fall into this trap of, I got to have the coolest stuff. I mean, it may sound great when you go to Pest World or go to some other conference and you talk about how automated all your stuff is. But the fact of the matter is, is that if you're fully automated, you know, and you got no context to what's really happening in your business, you are missing the boat. So, so make sure that it's okay to be simple. There's nothing wrong with that. And I'm not, in, you know, again, there's some folks who have got this figured out and they're well dialed in and there's nothing wrong with that either. But I'm just saying like, it's all right. You know, the, don't forget the whole point of the dashboard is to help you make really, really good decisions. And then the other thing I would say is that, you know, even if you go simple like Google Sheets, I mean, there's tons of little tools out there. You can have those sheets automatically emailed to you. I'm lazy as can be. All these dashboards I just rattled off, they're automatically emailed to me. It, it costs $99 for some program I've plugged in and it updates the spreadsheets and it sends them to me and no one touches it. I mean, people will input the data, of course, but it's just like, because I won't go and look for it. So just another another you know tidbit that, with that, Dan, anything to add before we finish out this podcast here on dashboards? No, no. Uh, just the 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 idea that uh, um, make sure that you don't. Um, we're in a simple business. Don't make it that complex because it's not really <laughs> that complex. And yeah. you know, it, it's a boring business. It's it's boring, and boring is good. You're making money, right? You know, right. when when you add all this complexity to it, then. Uh, you know, it affects profit, it affects motivation, it affects a lot of things. So yeah. that's that's yeah. my advice. Good advice, good advice. All right, everyone, a reminder that all of the resources and topics that we talked about today are available on the podcast website, pmpindustryinsider.com. Just take a look under show notes. Uh, and as always, if you enjoyed this show or any of our shows, we do appreciate any kind of readings and views you can give us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. I think I've already said that. And with that, Dan, I'm running off. It's good seeing you guys. We'll talk to you all, all right. next time. Take care. Yeah. Bye-bye now.